ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good, here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 71, proudly hosted by North Central Indiana's Rock 98.5. Tonight, we look at the travesty that is Rolling Stone's, night or sorry, 19, 2020, got them caught in a time warp, it's their top 500 albums of all time, and it is awful. And after we get through that, we're going to dig into Joji's new record, Nectar. I'm your host, Foggy. With me tonight are JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. Hold the mustard. And Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. Pickles only, please. Are you guys hungry? Not really. No. I actually had a lot to eat today, so I'm good. I had a big dinner. I had a really light lunch and a lot of work, so I earned my, my dinner, but it was delicious. We took uh, my father-in-law out of town. We went into Rossville and went to Treese's, got some fish. Oh, I miss mm-hmm. that place. That's so good. Yep. We used to have our uh, athletic director meetings there all the time. It was always mm-hmm. a nice trip. I tell you, you know, speaking of you know, school type things and, and food outings. I need some pizza shack. Mm. Ooh, pizza buffet. You can't miss. Well, they're no. not doing that right now. I don't think. No, it's a buffet, mm. but you got to order off the menu. Right. Well, you know, and please note that they're not sponsoring us. We just happen to love their food, <laughs> but you know, Absolutely. At, the, at the end of the day, I'm, I've been craving some, some stuff like that for sure. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but we won't go into this for very long. Ordering from some companies' menus has been very convoluted. Like, there's things that you normally could get, you just can't get right now because of availability, and they're probably just streamlining their processes. Uh-huh. So, you know, makes it uh, to the point where when you can get it, man, is it going to be ever so tasty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And paper menus everywhere. Well, I wonder if things have changed because, like, you know, here in Indiana on Saturday, they changed a lot of the restrictions. You can have, you know, gatherings up to 500. And then after, if you go above 500, you have to have special permission. But I just can't imagine a bar filled with four or 500 people without masks on digging in. I mean, pretty much everywhere we've been, they're still, you know, they got like every other table blocked off and supposed to be wearing a mask everywhere. The most, all the, pretty much all the servers are wearing masks and that kind of stuff. So they seem to still kind of be trying to be careful. Yeah. Air on the side of caution yeah. for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, now that I'm full and fighting a nap, let's let's see how coherent I am the rest of this episode. Woohoo! <laughs> well, I'm not sure that you could be any less coherent than this top five hundred right? list <laughs> that we dug into. And um, this is actually the second or third, depending on how you look at it, list. But in two thousand three, Rolling Stone did another one. I have it uh, right here. Metalhead Monday is a copy right I have the there. Paper copy right here, so I can reference it if you would like me to. <laughs> I I will. There's one big one that I think we will need to talk about for sure. Okay. And then I think in 2012 they did like a small adjustment update of some kind, and then this one is an all new one. It had a whole group of people that were involved. Um, you would think having a very diverse group of people that you would get uh, a better list of 500 maybe that's more representative of the best albums of all time but i don't know that we got that um so before we start if you guys were going to do your top 500 what would be your criteria for an album to make the list what is it that makes 
the best album? Mundy? I, you know, <clears throat> I have a hard time with any kind of top whatever lists because, I mean, in music, well, music, movies, anything, like top anything, is it, it's all subjective. I mean, it's like no two people are ever going to have the same list. Everybody, you know, you like what you like, you don't like what you don't like, and it's, I mean, I don't know. So stuff like this, it's kind of cool to look at, but I, it's hard for me to put any real value in it. Mm -hmm. I, I just i don't know that's just how my mind works yeah what about you jpp i'm kind of on the same boat there it, it's very subjective um i kind of struggle with a lot of what's contemporary you know even back in the day i struggled with that and a lot of it's because of what i liked and what i went for and for me an album has to have a lot of heart uh a lot of definitely passion poured into it and I feel like that's certainly lost in many of the contemporary albums we hear today. I say that word a lot, contemporary, but there's similar elements. It, a lot of things are done on a computer, myself included. But you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, what can you do that speaks upon your soul? What What is your voice? We can all use the same drum machines. We can all use similar sounds from these machines or synths and stuff like that. But what sets it apart that makes it different? My wife and I were talking about that today. We were watching Megamind with my daughter and Welcome to the Jungle popped in uh, on one, one of the fight scenes. And she's like, what is it about this era that the music was more fun to listen to? And I said, well, everyone had a unique voice. And I said, in the 90s, there were still a lot of unique voices, but you started to see that funnel hit. And then come 2000 forward, it just seems like the market really kind of truncated what was available with tones and vibe. Everything had to mimic itself. And, you know, it becomes a one big ball of similarity you know what i mean mm -hmm. so that's what makes top albums to me something that sets this group or this artist apart from that group and that artist but still has greatness in in many ways what yeah. you touched on there i i would agree with 100 percent. and i mean it definitely happened it, it it happened ever since like the dawn of i guess what you would call popular music there were certainly somebody hits big and all of the record companies scramble to sign their own version of that. Like that's, yeah, of always, that's always happened. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you that in the nineties, it seemed to happen like on an exponentially mm -hmm. larger scale. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the Seattle sound and mm -hmm. the alternative thing. And like, uh, I mean, it just, it, it, everyone seemed to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, pop country today, very yeah. similar. It's something I'm not an expert in by any means, but anytime I do tip my, dip my toe in, I should say, yeah, I kind of heard that before. Just a mm -hmm. different singer, but sounds yeah. similar, that kind of thing. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And I, I think when you have a list like this, if you're talking about the top 20 of all time, I mean, it's it, impossible. But I would think if you're going to pick 500 records, you should definitely have a bunch of them on there mm -hmm. that, and some that didn't make this list. You take the subjectivity out. I don't like the Beatles, but I understand there should be some top, I don't know, five to 10, you know, Beatles should be in there because of their place in history. So sure. I think there's definitely a spot for all kinds of groups based on their, 
what they did at the time. Were they revolutionary? Did they change the sound? And then I think another thing that should come in, and some of these albums, I'm just like, this is never going to happen with them. Are people going to be listening 25 years from now? Are kids of another generation going to pick up and listen to something from the past? You know, like all those groups in the 60s and 70s that we listen to, they're probably going to continue on and kids are going to continue picking those up and listening. But those are the ones that need to be on this list. And that's where I think some of the choices they made are way off, but you know, we're mm-hmm. old. So maybe that's just us. Yeah. True. Yeah. I, uh, one example of that for me, I think is Bob Dylan because I mean, my God, that man is an amazing songwriter. I mean, truly ab- hands down one of the best. I can't stand to listen to him because <laughs> I can't stand his voice. Um, earlier, Bob Dylan certainly much more palatable as he aged and his voice changed. It got worse and worse and worse for me. But I mean, like, is anyone really truly listening to Bob Dylan now? Like outside of there are a lot of musicians that love him. And I get that because he, the man was a songwriting monster, you know, he's genius, but outside of like certain musicians, is anybody really listening to Bob Dylan? That's a good yeah. question. He, he does appear on this list like five times. Oh, I, think. Oh, I know. I saw them. Yeah, he's on a lot. Um, and probably at least three, maybe rightfully so. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's what, you know, for a list like this, the 500 greatest albums of all time, there are some albums that have to be on there just for history's sake. I mean, like the Beatles, like I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but what they did, uh, you know, production techniques and uh, songwriting and, you know, they really advanced the form of popular music and that they deserve their spot in history. But, you know, I, I don't listen to them. (laughs) Yeah. So here's a question for you then, Monday, or Paul, you can answer this too. So how is it in 2012, Sergeant Peppers was number one, 2020, it's number 24. How did it drop 24 spots? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think a lot of it, again, with the subjectivity is a big piece of it, but also too, a lot's happened since 2012, you know, and, and with technology, things move faster and music, even though we may not get our finger on the pulse as much as we want to, it's moving fast too. It's moving really fast. There are so many artists on an independent level that are rising thanks to YouTube and Spotify that are hitting charts now. So eras are shifting. You notice that, you know, we're not dealing with any real composers per se we don't see bach on this list or anything like that because we're dealing mm-hmm. with you know basically an era of those that are alive today and still alive or you know <laughs> that kind of thing it's the stuff that's you know grandpa's passed on to the grandson yeah you definitely need to check out jimmy page's guitar playing you know grandson that kind of thing if you're going to learn to play learn some of his riffs too so those kind of things definitely speak to the this generation that maybe influencing this this list but also what what changed what what kind of this is my question from one to 24 what criteria made sergeant pepper not so noteworthy anymore you know what i mean what what part of that this new era i should say found something more noteworthy and say like radiohead or 
you know, some R and B or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Not that it's bad, but I'm just genuinely curious what, what elements made those feel better at that spot. Yeah. And beach boys stayed number two. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I think part of that, and I don't, you may have touched on this when I stepped away for a second, but I think part of that, the shift, uh, I mean, with Sergeant Pepper, especially, I think some of that shift may have been, uh, the people, the new people that contributed to this updated list. Cause I think it's, they had a lot mm-hmm. more contemporary people. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more of those contemporary albums that got pushed forward. I think. Very true. And I, yeah, I'd like to see the behind the scenes on this. Did they just say, this is the ex- list that exists and, Oh, okay. I've heard of that album. Maybe it should stay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or did they actually painstakingly listen to elements of each one to, to make their assessment? Yeah. And I will say that um, even though that shifted, the Beatles did have three albums in the top 29. Mm-hmm. Very so true. It's not like they completely poo-pooed them out of the list. They just mm-hmm. fluctuated a little bit on which ones they thought were better, I guess. And T-Bag, yeah. go ahead. I, honestly, uh, I was going to say, honestly, for me, like Sgt. Pepper is one of my least favorite Beatles albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not really mad at the shift. I'm just, you know, speaking on trying to figure out why it happened. Yep. I was going to say T-Bags would be happy to know that Nine Inch Nails' pretty hate machine hit 453 and uh, Neil Young's After the Gold Rush was in the top 100. Mm-hmm. So he's got that going <laughs> for him. Downward Spiral did get in at 122. Noted. Wow. Okay, here's one. I, I was looking through and I thought, this is just weird. I'm going through this and I couldn't find 10. I thought there's no way Pearl Jam 10 isn't on here. Eventually I found it, but it was 54 spots below Hole. So you're telling me that Hole should be higher on that list than 10? They're just I, despised, I despise Courtney Love and every mm-hmm. sound that comes out of her mouth. So that is criminal in my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if I were to get some of my prog friends on here, they would feel like, yes, close to the edge was completely robbed at 445. You know, they would certainly rank that higher. And again, the subjectivity makes complete sense. But by popular logic, Pearl Jam's 10 certainly was more of a kind of a, a wave that people rode than, say, hole to me. Yeah. There wouldn't have been a hole without 10, most likely. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to be very angry when I came on the show tonight because I couldn't find Rush. See, in 2012, they didn't make the list. Moving <laughs> Pictures didn't even make this list. 24 gold records, 14 platinum, and they couldn't get one stinking album on this. Well, they did finally at like 300 and... Or was it 379 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Moving Pictures. So they saved it a little bit, but, you know, speaking yeah. of yes, that's kind of a similar situation. And in Boston, self-titled didn't even make the list. Criminy. And I'm sitting there looking at the list as we speak, and I'm I'm sitting there thinking Husker Du's New Day Rising should have been higher as mm-hmm. as, as um, Al Green's Call Me. That definitely mm-hmm. feels like top 100 material to me. But who am I? I'm not in Rolling Stone. Hey, are you guys interested in hearing the top 10 from 2003? I am. Yes, and then we'll compare it with the top 10 from this one. It's pretty interesting because you had said, what did you say? The Beatles had how many in the top 29? They had three in the top 29. They did. Okay, so here is the top 10 from the 500 greatest albums of all time, according to Rolling Stone, from December 11, 2003. 
Number 10 is The Beatles, The White Album. Number 9 is Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde. Number 8 is The Clash with London Calling. Number 7, The Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. Number 6, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Uh, Number 5, The Beatles, Rubber Soul. Number 4, Bob Dylan, Highway 61 Revisited. Hmm. Number three, The Beatles, Revolver. (laughs) Number two, Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. Number one is Sgt. Pepper. So in the top ten, The Beatles have one, two, three, four albums. In the top ten of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Bob Dylan has two in there, I think. Yeah. Bob Dylan has two. And what's going on moved from number six in 2003 to number one mm-hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. But the list could not be any different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revolver was number 11 this time, but number 10 was Lauren Hill. Yeah. Nine yeah. is Dylan. Was Blood on the Tracks one of Dylan's and yours? Uh, not in the top 10. Okay. Yeah. He's number nine on this one. And Prince, Purple Rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Seven was Fleetwood Mac, which is a great record. Yeah, it is. Nir- and Nirvana slips in at number six. <laughs> and the road, Stevie Wonder. Yep. Joni Mitchell. And then, of course, the Beach Boys, which I, <laughs> I don't know if there's a group I dislike more than the Beach Boys, but... Um, and then Marvin Gaye, yeah, like you said, number one, very different list. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say, I, I hesitate to say this, but just from a pure curiosity standpoint, I, I and I honestly don't know everyone that contributed to this list. I don't remember the breakdown of who it was, but. I wonder if some of these differences are because um, there are there were more uh, black artists contributing to the list to making the list. Because I mean, if you look at these two top tens, like that's a, there's a huge shift there. There's much mm-hmm. more black representation in the newer one, which mm-hmm. is great. That's fine. I mean, I'm not. I just wonder if that had anything to do with it. I'm going to propose another hypothesis as well. So looking at the top 10 versus the, in 2003 versus the current top uh, five, you know, top 10 from the top 500, the ones that made the list in 2003, as you probably recall, I, I recall vividly working at the record store and even back to the future lends to this weird, weird throw here. But, Marty went back to 1955, 30 years in the past to, you know, we know the plot, but he's playing a Chuck Berry song, right? And mm-hmm. what's old is new again, you know, in, in the 90s, you know, some of the big band sound was even coming back and, you know, the loungy tones of uh, Combustible Edison were popular in the movie Four Rooms, for instance, but some of that 60s swanking sound, right? And in high school, or not high school, but at the record store, a lot of people my age were loving Grateful Dead and loving the 
the whole jam band scene and and fish was popular as a result and stuff like that too so and even bob dylan led zeppelin and, and so on so looking at this list of the current uh top 10 there's still some of that window of that 30 40 years of what's old is new again you know and monday your point is very valid and, and i see that too but i also see kind of a fresh look at the 80s here as the past five years with synth wave and just people really appreciating 80s sounds and stuff as well so i think some of that nostalgia also caused some of this shift i can see you know the change for for bob dylan that's also said say like adele for instance if she were to say you know i really liked particular albums from some of these artists really stands the test of time for them so people would go back and hear that maybe that lends an influence to why they think that album's great versus say another one that was in there before so yeah. loose theory loose hypothesis but that's also a possible angle to me where steve where did you say where was Nevermind again number six six it was 17 in 2003 and you said you mentioned blood on the track from bob dylan was number 16 in 2003 yeah it moved up it was top 10 then so that's yeah. cool yeah so some, some that i had an issue with um kendrick lamar i think had he had three albums in the top 175 um jay-z i think was on the list maybe four times kanye had five records I think it's overexposure in the in the case of those. I don't know that people are going to be going back 20 years from now and listen to all those. Um, I think they definitely need to be represented, um, especially Kanye and his production and his influence on the music. I think definitely he should be there. I'm not sure that Kendrick needs to be there that many times. And then the other one that just blows my mind is Radiohead being on there like five times. <laughs> they had a couple of good albums in the beginning, but man. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost me along the way. There's no way in the world five of their records are in the top 500 of all time. It's impossible. Well, we all know how I feel about Radiohead. I don't need to go into that again. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What to get Monday for Christmas? Okay, go on. I just found something interesting. I definitely spent more time looking at the top 100 on the new list. So okay. I, I didn't dive terribly deep in the new one. Um, and uh, I was just looking at this one from 2003 at number 27. Well, at number 26 was U2's Joshua Tree. That was not in the top 100, I don't think. It, I, I think it was. No, yes, it? yes, it was, but it was way lower than that. Yes, it is way less, like in the 70s, I think. Um, and then Robert Johnson's King of the Delta Blues Singers is at number 27. And that was, I do not remember seeing that in the top 100 at all. I don't either. So I could look it up, but that's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, what I did see on the list that's weird. Um, like best ofs and compilations. Yeah. Well, if I read the the opening of the article for the new top five hundred, and they they did mention that they said those were absolutely open to being included, um, just because. Uh, Sometimes that's, you know, how people or how, how the music survives or, you know, how, consumed. People, how people come to know that person, especially an older artist, mm -hmm. if there's the greatest hits than that, you know. So where is Peter Frampton or Kiss? 
I mean, Frampton comes alive. That's like that that's is how everybody biggest, knows Peter Frampton. I mean, yes, that is one of the biggest live albums ever, probably. And I, Kiss is, you know, I don't. It doesn't bother me that they're not on the list. What? Well, that was another huge record, and it, some part of this top five hundred has to be sales, in some respect. I yeah, mean, I would think so. that would go into it somehow. Unless they just didn't have sales charts or the people on the list weren't, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with that in the 70s. I don't know. But, yeah, it just seems like it should have been there. Yeah. Um, and another weird one for me, I love Velvet Underground, but there's no way they should have had four records on this list. I do not like Velvet Underground, and you can never, ever convince me that they were good. <laughs> <laughs> and the I love uh, Underground with Nico. That, that was the great the same goes for the Sex Pistols. I love punk music. I, I, you know, I understand. I understand and I um, connect with the energy and the, you know, the kind of philosophies and politics behind punk music. I'm, I'm in like, I'm, I'm in sex pistols sucked. They were terrible. <laughs> Send hate mail to at Monday.com. I don't like, I mean, I, I, I get like being punk and like, I get it, but you should still know how to play your damn instruments. Like I, I just don't, there's no excuse for that. It's just, well, how, how more punk can you be than to, we were so punk. We didn't play our instruments. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for some of them, I understand that was part of the point, but I don't have to listen to it. So, I'm going to yeah. have to send you a, a greatest hits compilation commercial from the eighties that, uh, that you this is how I love punk music, but you sound like these guys on here. What are you listening to, man? I'm listening to punk, the compilation. And it had like love and rockets. Yes. Phil, Phil Collins. <laughs> Huey Lewis is on there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I'm listening to punk. <laughs> I remember it was like K tell records, but it was yes, like yeah. their version of punk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I could just see the executives behind it. Hey, we're going to, sell this compilation it's gonna have the word punk on it we're gonna sell millions what's gonna be on it oh you know all the hits huey lewis yeah (laughs) you know and just to punk the punks if you will um i just again looking at this magazine from 2003 the um public enemy it takes a nation of millions to hold us back where did they end up were they in the top 50 Yes, like twenty two or something like that. They were up okay. there, and they sh- they should be. I thought mm-hmm. it was because yeah, I thought it was higher like that, and because in this one it's number forty eight. Yeah, it's definitely higher. And then Fear of a Black Planet also made it, I think, in the top one fifty. And for me, to where I think that should be higher than say Kendrick Lamar is, it was it really made a point and a statement at that yeah. time period when the FBI is investigating musicians. You've done something. You well, know what I mean. And not to co-opt a title from another artist, but I mean, Public Enemy really were like the blueprint. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, faux show. Um, so yeah, I was thrilled that they were in the top. I think it was. I'll may look it up, but I think it was top twenty-five. And then Jay Z was in the top one hundred a couple of times, I think. And I don't. I'm mm-hmm. not seeing him here. I don't think in this top one hundred at all. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking. I don't see Public Enemy within the top 30, but uh, Wu Tang Clan's Enter the 36 Chambers was number yep. 27. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, Public Enemy Nick takes a nation of millions to hold us back was number 15. So they ranked up uh, pretty good. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah, they had a new record coming out too. Yeah, and I heard Flavor's yeah. back with them too. Yes. Yep. Flavor's back yeah. in it. And 
the new record or the new song they had out um in advance is really good so i'm high hopes for the record yeah well quick nod to public enemy because i I definitely enjoyed them um i still enjoy them but uh the day that we were walking for our diplomas in high school we were graduating i was actually i came to the school with public enemies music in our message in my cd player i was bumping that into the parking lot as i went (laughs) (laughs) oh boy um do do you remember kind about where michael jackson's off the wall was Mm, I just feel like it, it was it was definitely in the top 100, but I feel like it was higher than it is in this one. It's in the top 30, I think. I think I just saw it. Thriller was higher, but let me scroll here. It's uh number 68 here. Hmm. Oh, uh, Thriller was Billy well. Joel. Billy Joel is number 67. I don't remember seeing his name in the top 100 either. Hmm. Oh, here, here's a good one. Number sixty-four was Phil Spector back to mono. Oh, too soon. That's that's one. I wonder if uh, his, uh, yeah, his legacy is affected by his actions. <laughs> Off the wall was thirty-six. Okay, yep. There yeah. It is. So yeah, so it's sixty-eight here. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you're no denying his. Uh, his place in music, so I would never argue with any of those being very high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, no matter the list, it makes me want to go and listen to some albums for sure. There's things that's like, oh, I haven't heard that in forever. Yeah. Yeah, like Lenny's going to be taken into Radiohead and Liz Fair. I know it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that Liz Fair one still kills me. I just I saw that and I was like, God, really? And it was like in the fifties, and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you see the list here, but where's PJ Harvey? Um, we did have uh, one write in from uh, Twitter today. Oh, cool. Oh. Through their uh, top five. Um, this is from Blake Doris, who lives in Texas. And um, he his number one was Anything by Rush. He was playing to the crowd. And then mm-hmm. um, Let It Bleed, The Doors, who were much lower than I thought. Zeppelin 4. And Zeppelin was way lower on this list. They didn't have anything until 58 which was really shocking to me. And then uh, his last choice was Blood on the Tracks, which was number nine, right? Mm-hmm. So I think all those appear. So Wild. Yeah. There's some in here, like here uh, on this list, 2003 version, 83 and 84 are both Aretha Franklin. And I think both of these albums were like way, way, way higher than that on the new one. Yeah, Aretha's in the top... 20 or no top 50 for sure after the gold rush you mentioned that before and (laughs) i love that album so much it's so good (laughs) it is it is and we need to have tony listen to that and give us a reaction (laughs) yeah heart of gold (laughs) such a great tune i think that's the one that's got southern man on it too Mm -hmm. it's a great song Mm -hmm. yeah leonard skinner be damned Some uh, some classics on here, and I, you know I was really it's, surprised. And I mean, it, it shouldn't surprise me, but Appetite for Destruction was sixty two. I would have definitely thought that was top fifty worthy this time around. But that's just me. yeah, good yeah, is twenty, so that. it's definitely top fifty fifty worthy. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Mm. Appetite, appetite. I just saw it in here somewhere. Damn it! Um, oh, dang it! Yeah, no while way. you're looking. 
while you're looking, Bob Miley and the Whalers Exodus was number 71. That's another one I would have figured would be still top 50 worthy. Legend was higher than that, wasn't it? Which is the greatest hits. Mm-hmm. So Arisa was 13, by the way, Monday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge jump. I'm telling I I really I don't know, man. That all of those, like and I don't know if it's even necessarily the inclusion of more black artists making this list, but maybe it's I hope maybe it's it's that a lot of that music is valued more. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, rather than, I mean, the top 10 back back here, I mean, it's almost exclusively white, aside from Marvin Gaye. It, it, it's all, I mean, it's Beatles, Beach Boys, Bob Dylan, the, yeah, the Clash, the Rolling Stones. It's all white, except for Marvin Gaye. Well, okay, so here's my problem. Like, where's Tupac? Why is Kendrick Lamar and Jay-Z? Biggie did make it in the top 25, which is awesome. But Tupac should be in there. I don't know why, you know, he's getting slighted compared to what they did put on there. So Yeah. Where did Mm -hmm. you say Appetite was? 58. It was 62. Oh, 62. 62? Oh, it dropped one. It was 61 in 2003. Interesting. Getting no love. Yep. Maybe uh, the Use Your Illusion did them in because that wasn't 2003. When did Chinese Democracy come out? That didn't come out until like. Oh, God. Like 2008. Oh, was it okay. that old? No, it was. I Yeah, it was like 2008 or nine. Okay. So Chinese Democracy didn't have. Uh, maybe Chinese Democracy knocked them down a point. <laughs> Who knows? But, you know, Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique, that was that was an album way ahead of its time back then. I remember when mm-hmm. I first heard it, I wasn't too big of a fan. Then it grew on me. And uh, it's 125 this time around. That should definitely be top 100, at least. I to agree. Me. There's David Bowie's Hunky Dory at 107 in 2003. It was much higher than that this wow. time around. I think Bowie had two or three in the top 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yeah. So, you know, in theory for me, at the end of the day, I mean, this is some, a group of people's opinion and yeah. at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to go and listen to a bunch of albums that I haven't heard in a while or maybe even never listened to before. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I want to hear Madonna's Immaculate Collection again, but you know. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I, it was just right in front of me. But uh, Funkadelic's Maggot Brain, I haven't heard that in forever. You know, you two and the Fugees. Holy cow, you know. Yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. And Portishead, 131. I'm going to say, I'm just glad they're in the list. Hell yeah. Which album? Uh, Dummy, their debut. Yeah. Yep. I, I still, their live <laughs> album, that live in NYC, still is one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, I've, I just found my copy of that on VHS. I'm going to have to pop that in and give it a listen. I got to be kind uh, of rewind first, but then I'll listen. At 120 in 2003 was Randy and Steve was raising hell. 123? That could have been a little higher, too. For sure. 120. Gotcha. Do you feel like the Eagles were robbed at, with Hotel California at 118 this time around, Monday? Um... Not, I mean, uh, like 
I don't, this comes back to mm -hmm. the subjectivity. I mean, I love the Eagles. I've always loved the Eagles, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. They're mm -hmm. super popular. A lot of people think they're cheesy. It's, you know, I get it. It's fine. Hmm. Well, I, I heard that. Yeah, I would have put them a little lower, but that's just me. And it's not because I don't like them. It's just, I, I get, learned a lot of their songs and got burned out on having to play the riff over and over and over and over. Sure. <laughs> I'm kinda, I would have thought that'd be a top 50 record just mm -hmm. for the way people <clears throat> usually feel about it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. This, uh, this list in 2003 is kind of cool because at the end, like, you know, at the end of the little write-up, it says how many copies it sold and the highest chart position of the record. So I didn't, I don't remember seeing that in this online one. Hmm. Yeah. I don't remember, but it's, it's kind of um, cool. Yeah. It would be fun to sit in a group and just do this. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> it would take too long. <laughs> well, for us, we could do like top 10. <laughs> That's all we have time for. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's almost like I'm going to work on a five top 500 list. What about you? Oh, I'm going to go to root canal. See you later. You know, some might be just yeah. too painstaking for some, but it would be an, an interesting journey to say the least. Uh, did you, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Okay. I just saw this. And uh, did you say kiss is not in the new list at all? I couldn't find them. 159 in 2003 alive. Hmm. Maybe I did miss the thing. Cause they, that was one I thought for sure would be there. Right. I think when you search it, though, you have to do it by 50. So it was kind of taken forever. Hmm. Yeah, um, definitely interesting. Yeah. Well, it's fun. Even if we disagree, at least we get to talk about it and complain. Because <clears throat> they don't know what they're talking about, clearly. I think, I think if they continue to update it like this, like every so many years, I think it will continue to shift and change just mm -hmm. because... Mm -hmm. The people contributing will keep getting younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll be like every every time they do it, it will be a more contemporary group. So what they grew up listening to and what influenced them is going to be different. So the, this list will be different. Mm -hmm. I did so, find a, a Rolling Stone article that is the KISS Top 10 Albums Ranked from October oh 2019. So uh, if you want to look for that have at it let me see what the number one is uh <laughs> kiss the debut 1974 is ranked at number one um the, <laughs> let's see here this is all early era stuff yeah uh, it would well, be yeah no, it should be yeah, yeah Re revenge did not make the list monday that's a damn shame that's a good <laughs> album <laughs> monday and i went and saw that tour at market square arena with yep. what was a great white and trickster oh Woo! yes yeah yep. buddy yeah, we were at the last row on the lower level there, so everybody was super tiny and still got to see a lot of a lot of fire and yeah, all that good stuff. So we could time. we were up off the floor, so we could see everything. But. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. Thanks, Mom Mundy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, such good boys. Go see Kiss. <laughs> maybe if we wait long enough, the Beatles can work their way out of the top ten. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe Radiohead can work their way out of the top 250. Back in my day. I just, you know, man, the Beatles, it's like they're so hit or miss for me. And mm -hmm. I really don't. I think 
how John Lennon conducted himself really kind of colors my opinion of them. Because mm-hmm. just from all accounts that I've seen, he was such a giant asshole. And like needlessly so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're in the biggest band in the world and like you don't have to treat people like a jerk. No. But, and I, I don't know, you know, it, stuff got weird with them and I just, they're super hit or miss for me. And I'm, I'm much more of a Paul McCartney wings fan. So yeah. That's kind of where I fall. Yeah. I think one of my favorite McCartney scenes is watching, um, sound city when he came by Dave Grohl studio and was jamming with Pat smear and Chris Novoselic and, and Dave and just to see the look on their faces. Like, yeah. Holy hell, we're sitting here playing with Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> they got a great song out of it too. Oh, did they ever, you know, city soundtracks ridiculous. <laughs> Such a great movie, you know, just for the, the way the story is told around mm-hmm. that console and the magic. And that, that made me go listen to Fleetwood Mac. That made me go listen yeah. to so many things I hadn't heard in a long time. Tom Petty. Tom Petty for sure, yeah. And the song with Rick Springfield, holy shit, who knew? It's badass, you know what I mean? And I, dare I say, I, I liked a lot of the songs overall more than I liked the uh, the Trent Reznor jam. Mm. So, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of good energy. So, you know, if I were to make my top 500 list, that's a component, is the energy, like what Dave Grohl captured when he recorded those songs. Yeah. The fire, that sort of thing. So. Cool. Well, I, I'm pretty tapped out on anything else to say on it, but interesting culmination of of lists and by each 100, if you will, and yeah. you know how they ranked each 100 on top of each other. So I applaud them for doing that. I have different opinions, but I think at the end of the day, we all do. It's definitely oh, yeah. an undertaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't help but they're wrong. can't help we drop now that would be hard to find 500 songs or albums that we all love that we all could agree on and in place so yeah it was cool got us talking got to see a lot of new uh new music old music and um very cool so hopefully in eight years we'll still be doing this and we can check back in and do it again Uh, listeners you still with us have you fast forwarded to this point hi (laughs) we're getting ready to do an album review (laughs) <laughs> album review don't we have what? a yeah i think we have a sound thing on that yeah my sampler's busted i'm sorry <laughs> stupid sampler <laughs> so next week though we will be um pitching um uh, an album from 1998 as if we were working at a record store trying to convince somebody to buy a new record so that would be paul's challenge next week mm-hmm. and uh, we may even hit a lester bangs next week we'll see Trim those bangs, Les. That's right. I don't know. I haven't looked at the spreadsheet, so I don't know who has that, but we're just going to say teabags because he's not here to defend himself. So I, I think you're right. Tony. Tony. <laughs> yeah. Get busy, bags. I want Joe Rife back just so we can play the Joe Rife theme song. <laughs> yes. I may just put it on there anyway. We'll just act like he's here and he's right. very quiet this week. <laughs> he has nothing to say about anything. <laughs> well, I'll just lean into the mic anytime it's my turn in honor of him. There we go. Right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Uh,
find out we're going to say something joe you're going to text us and tell us you heard this we'll know now if he's listening to the show and he's not on <laughs> we'll bust him yeah because monday does wait a minute guys oh, i do yeah monday always listens he's our I biggest listen. fan i listen every time when i'm on i consider it quality control and when i'm not <laughs> i gotta see who's talking shit about me <laughs> all of us yep all right well, that does bring us to this week's album review, which is Joji's Nectar. It's just dropped on Friday, which means we've only had two days to sit with the entire record. Um, we've had a number of months to sit with some of them, which has been good. Um, this is the follow-up to 2018's Ballads, um, which produced some really catchy songs. And uh, so who would like to uh, get us rolling? I can um, go for it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I <clears throat> this is one of those things like when I first started listening to it, I texted uh my oldest son Justice and I asked him cuz I was like, mm, this sounds like his kind of stuff. So I texted him and I asked him if he listened to Joji and he was like, yeah, I actually like him a lot. So I was like, okay. So this I mean <laughs> there are several songs that I really enjoyed. There, most of it is, I don't know. I, at the risk of sounding like the old guy, a lot of it just sounds alike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he definitely does not have a huge vocal range. Um, a lot of it just kind of hits the stride and stays there. Um, which is not my favorite thing, but I mean, you know, some people say a lot of metal sounds alike, so it's whatever. Again, we're getting back into the subjective thing. Mm -hmm. So I did not love this. I did not hate it. There were several songs that I enjoyed, but overall was not an amazing experience for me. Oh man. Gotcha. I, I didn't figure it would be. <laughs> but uh, what do you think jpp well full disclosure i've had a crazy weekend so i didn't get a chance to get through the entire album and i'm the one that always doesn't finish his homework aren't i but we had two days and it was a crazy two days but uh i listened up to nitrous so i got 10 tracks in so i've still got eight more to go mm -hmm. and it's less than an hour i think so i i shouldn't be too daunting of a task but um, <laughs> so I was out working in the yard. I was out doing a lot of laborious tasks and was grungy and nasty. So I've got a nice Bluetooth boom box. It's really big. I set it on the, the counter in the bathroom and I listened to it while I was in the shower. So I was scrubbing away, enjoying the hits here. Um, uh, full disclosure, but yeah, hey. I don't want full disclosure of you scrubbing away. Let me tell you. Yeah. I want to know what scrubbing away. <laughs> armpits guys come on get your heads out of the gutter not on the bus clearly that's what I mean. oh but, yeah <laughs> no so uh it, basically listening to it i 
didn't have any other distractions. So I was listening to elements of what instruments they used, the programming of the drum machines, vocal quality, all that kind of thing. Much like Monday, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I definitely enjoyed what I did here. I really liked the texture on the pianos. I liked the, uh, the low end was really good too. And this kind of stuff, I usually hear something bumping as a, you know, somebody goes down the street, you know, in their trunk and that sort of thing with the subs. But, uh, and I usually just dismiss it and keep moving on, but to kind of be centered around having to listen to it, it was, it was fun. You know, I, I really kind of enjoyed, again, those textures that were used to really make the songs. There was some depth, some foreground, background, that type of thing. But at the end of the day, I'm still struggling to remember any key points that hooked me and, and kept me. You know what I mean? And that's probably just my curmudgeonly nature these days. Yeah, there was yeah. one, speaking of the bass, there was a couple of songs that I, that just took me right out of it. Uh, there's actually, I think it was track 11, it's called Pretty Boy. And that's my note on that one. I was like, this sounds like a bass test track. (laughs) (laughs) Testing the bass of your system. And that was actually, Lacey was down the hall when I was kind of, you know, cramming before we got on. And she came down and she was like, are you just listening to the same song over and over? (laughs) And she was like, all I can hear down there is the bass. (laughs) Well, yes, yes, I am. So, yeah, which was kind of funny because when she came down and said that, I was watching the videos of the songs I had just listened to. So it was like, uh, yes and no. <laughs> so, yeah, Pretty Boy is probably my least favorite song. I did not like that record. one at all. <clears throat> there was one, and Paul, you mentioned the textures on the pianos and stuff. And there was <laughs> one, uh, track 17, the is called like you do and oh, that yeah. was i i did not like the effect that he put on the piano on that one i sound it was like real kind of graded on me a little bit that pulled me out of that one too i love that one so i i would encourage you guys to both go back and listen to modus the second song yeah that did uh, like that one i did i did like that one yeah and <clears throat> so he's you know, based on his previous history, you know, as Pink Guy and Filthy Frank and all of that, he's really like a creator, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily a movie maker, but he's like a visionary as far as that kind of stuff goes. So if you take some of the meaning of these songs and you apply it to the videos, which we can now confirm pretty much that all the videos take place in the same universe, the same, uh, I think they're out of order, but they're telling a story. So there was a a video, gosh, I don't even know when it was or whatever, but, and he's basically coming out, he had uh, seizures and so he's on medicine, but he's kind of saying, you know, hey, I am a person, you know, I wish people could see me as a person rather than these characters. And so some of the album has to do with sort of breaking out of the, being those two characters. Modus has to do with not falling into the trap of being manipulated by the record company and being pushed to do things that you want to do. He wants to be the Chevy, um, not the Sentra, not the, uh, um, he wants to be the creative type. You know, that's the example he gives in there. And so in the videos, which I think is pretty cool, a lot of it has to do with space. 
and taking off, getting out of. Did any? Did you guys watch the video for Run? Yes. I didn't get a chance. I'm sorry. Well, he's running through this ginormous limousine. Yeah, has- it just looks like an endless stretch limo scene that he's kind of running through. Yes, and so he is escaping all of these people who are superficial and phony. I mean, you can see they're all like socialites and all that. And he finally gets out and then he's, it it looks like some kind of deserted sparse landscape or whatever. And he plants a seed um, Mm -hmm. at the end. And then, so there are other videos where he's in space. Um, There's one video where he's making a music video. It's like his old life. And at the end, it says, wake up, wake up, up and go. Um, where he has escaped, he's built the ship and he's gotten off or whatever. So I feel like most of the record has to do with sort of escaping this life that he's become, um, getting back to his, himself. Um, some of the songs refer back to each other or have seeds planted. And I think that's so cool when you can have somebody who is visionary enough that they can incorporate the videos, the music, and tell some kind of a story. And so yeah. that's where it hit me the most. I think the the videos definitely made it made these songs more interesting. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the one uh, sanctuary was like kind of a goofy sci-fi, almost a Star Trek take, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and on the when I was listening to the album, I had it on Spotify on my TV, and. Uh, uh, when Sanctuary on Spotify, if you're running it through your TV, I don't know if you guys ever do that, but there are some songs will pop up and they'll have the lyrics come on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sanctuary did that on this album. And uh, it, you know, it also has like factoids and stuff as you're listening and whatever. And it said one of the things it said was that he is very visual when it comes to his music and like Mm -hmm. sanctuary was the one where he kind of came up with the idea for the video first and worked backwards from that. Mm -hmm. So, cause he knew that he wanted to do like kind of a star Trek spoof kind of thing. And then he kind of like worked the song backwards from that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's definitely an artist and he's, you know, he's incorporating Mm-hmm. you know sonics and visuals and trying to really tell a complete story i mean you can you can tell that if you watch the videos yeah and you can even see a picture of the crew in another video when he wakes up and he gets out of his loft on the wall beside it is a picture of the crew from sanctuary yeah. um, so they put little tidbits in there i mm-hmm. think that are that are pretty cool and then uh one he's when he's in space he gets out a picture and some keys and it's like did he make the right move getting out of that life taken off? Um, we assume he did, but we don't know for sure. Um, and I just, it's like an earworm with those songs. They're so stinking catchy. Um, I hated gimme love the first time I heard it. And the next thing you know, you listen to it and you read the lyrics and it's suddenly becomes kind of a different song, you know? Um, I like, I actually like that one. I, it's a, Fun groove. It is definitely catchy. I really, I like the uh, background vocals in that one quite a lot. Yeah. And I, the, th- the cool thing is, and I don't even know if this is true or not, but Sistine and I were sitting down, we were trying to break it down today. And we we're trying to find all these little pieces or whatever. And so when we came up with the idea that he is trying to break out of this old persona, he says in Gimme Love, 
these people don't heal. These people don't feel. These people aren't real. So make me this deal. Won't you give me, give me love? So we think he, he is speaking of Filthy Frank and Pink Guy. Those are the people that don't feel. Those are the characters that he is not. Um, I, I don't know that we are on the right track, but it makes sense if you kind of place it all on that, that lens. I hope we're right. <laughs> okay. So, and I did love the piano in the songs. I thought that was really nice. And I thought he does a nice job of adding lots of textures and sounds to just the normal beats and grooves that most people throw in there. I didn't think they were overdone. I thought they actually accentuated it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just, I, the ones that I liked, I really liked. And the ones that, I mean, a lot of it was just kind of, like, I mean, if it was in the background, if it was playing in the background, I wouldn't be upset, you know, but it's not, right. not something I would actively seek out on a regular basis. No, I understood. So, Paul, are you going to listen again? I am. I really am. And, I, and now that I'm seeing that there's a lot of videos that dropped in the past couple of days, I'll definitely give those a watch, too, because I'm a sucker for somebody that has kind of a bigger picture going on outside of just the music itself mm -hmm. that's uh you know something i long to do as well but for sure i think you know giving the the backstory that you provided definitely piqued my interest and you know i'm sorry i had to listen to it in a tmi setting of in the shower but uh you know i'll next time i'll roll the tv in there and make sure that i get a chance to catch them <laughs> just put your phone in a ziploc baggie <laughs> exactly just hang it over the shower head and but no yeah i would i would recommend actually listening to the back half there's some decent stuff on there and i mean it gives you you know a better mm -hmm. picture but one of my highlight tracks is I think the 15th track that seven, seven, seven. Cool. I, I, I really like that one a lot. And I did hear afterthought too. So I, I, I got one yeah. extra one in there and I thought that one was cool as well. I thought the, I don't know, is it Benny or Beanie? I don't Benet. know. Benet, whatever. Yeah. I, she, I really liked her on that. It, that was welcome. Mm -hmm. A welcome change kind of broke up his, you know, his delivery a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is. Um, it, she she reminded yeah. me of a band called Michelle that I like a lot. Um, there's a vocalist in there that kind of has a similar quality, and uh, definitely I'll have to share some some music of theirs if I haven't already. They they're very young and fresh as far as like their music, but they're just completely concise and tight. Uh, not to derail this, but you know yeah. it's it's cool to hear you know some some music that that's coming out that has. Uh, a lot of experimentation going on and and being true to themselves too. So uh, very good vocal harmonies, very good uh, musicians in the background and stuff too. Yeah. One thing, you know, I, I just, I said something about his delivery and he slips into a falsetto a lot mm -hmm. um, on the first song. I really didn't love that, but on most of the other songs when he did that, I, I was okay with it. And, and it worked quite well on some of them. I don't know why on that first track it, it really I, he did that, and I was like, mm. I think it's more prominent in the first one. I think he's more <laughs> modest in his delivery and some of the other ones, um, which I like a little bit better. And did you like Reanimator? Um, I thought I had the musically. I thought that one was really cool. Yes, that's the one where it's like the first half. It's almost an instrumental, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, I actually pulled that up on my phone because I was going to add it to my instrumental playlist. Like, this is kind of cool. It's pretty interesting. And then like halfway through, he started singing and I was like, damn it. <laughs> had him. And it, here's another just quick thing I, I had forgotten when I was in there in, in the song Normal People. He yeah. even says new planet. Yeah, we planted everything we wanted. And so in the other video at the end, he's sitting in that place where he goes to and he plants a seed of some kind. I don't know if those two are linked or not, but I'm throwing it out there because I think it is. And uh, I'm hoping that the videos that are going to drop in the next few. I assume it's going to be in the next few since he dropped two in one day. Yeah. Um, oh, will actually oh, answer some of this. Paul, you mentioned the videos dropping in the last couple of days. And I think we were talking before you came on. Uh, those are a lot of those might be like placeholder videos. Like he hasn't dropped the actual videos yet. Okay. There are a few and they look like they've got like some gelatinous stuff or like a weird reptilian. I don't know what it is exactly, but yeah, it's not the video. So you'll be able to tell if it's the real video or not, I think. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cause I see your man looks like it's, it's out. Yeah. yeah. I've got like five of them here that I watched that were the actual videos. I can give you those. Gotcha. Gelatinous is a good descriptor. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're scrub, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just think pictures, folks, you do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and score it because that's what we do. Cool. Andy, go ahead. What's your score? Um, God, I think just based on the fact that I'm probably not going to go back to this a ton. I'm going to score it higher than what I wrote down though, because the video stuff made it a lot more interesting. So I'm going to say, I'll give it a two and a half, two and a half out of five. Ouch. Cause I'm, I'm probably not going to go back to the album very much, but I'm kind of in the videos are definitely interesting and I kind of want to see the other ones when they come out. <laughs> gotcha. JPP. Well, I guess you can't give a full, but, but mm -hmm. based on what you've heard, I'm I'm gonna definitely give it a decent review. Um, how do I measure the unit of volume of water in a bathtub to compare? No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm in my own little world here, folks, with my that my potty humor. I'm gonna give it so far. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Um, again, the textures and just the sounds that in the way things were put together. It left a good lasting impression on me in that regard having only listened to it you know once again nothing's sticking in terms of a full memory of it yet but i do want to listen to it again and then finish it off and and my re review may change based on that uh chances are if it does it would probably grow but i think right now it's kind of a good in the middle of the road type of rating for me gotcha i'm gonna go with a four but I reserve the right to lower it if all of these videos don't tie together and tell me some kind of a story and tell me if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> if they meander, I'm dropping my score. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it looks like he's putting in the work, so I, I highly doubt that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm loving it so far, and I love that we're having conversation about it and trying to figure it out. I think that's a lot of fun. So Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we don't. We haven't picked a, an album for next week, but I know we've got Corey Taylor's new one. I think we have Public Enemy. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Bob Mould just dropped one. So there are lots of choices for us. So there will be no problems finding something for next week. So what was the uh, what was the video that Corey just dropped? It had a weird title. It was like a phrase that sounded weird together. Um, oh, I don't remember. He dropped a video. Yeah, there's an actual I missed video. What? I missed it. How did I miss it? Oh, I've been listening to this for freaking every day. <laughs> I'll find it real quick if you want to. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. So, Culture Head? Yes, that's it. Yeah, All I right. like that song a lot. Oh, he's got um, another one, uh, Highway 666, also has come out. So, if you go to Spotify, it'll be on there. I mean, it's just a song. I don't know if there's a video, but so, yeah, we got lots of stuff. So, next week we will be flush with goodies. So, awesome. All right. Well, gentlemen, before we get out of here, why don't we tell everybody where we can uh, find you? Monday, social media, where are you at? Uh, just find me on Instagram, at Metalhead Monday. Boom, JPP. Sorry, guys, in the bathroom. Hold on. Oh, he's <laughs> scrubbing away. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram <laughs> under Just Plain Paul. I will not be in the bathroom on Instagram. And also, you can find me at the Wanderings and Wool Gathering Facebook page under Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Any update on any music from Mr. JPP? Um, no, not at this time. I've been guilty of working a lot. Uh, I am working on something, but I can't talk about it yet. I have an update on JPP music, oddly enough. Uh-oh. We went and we're trying to get my uh, dad's storage unit cleared out before the end of the month so I don't have to pay for it anymore. And... Uh, I brought uh, two cabinets of his CDs in here and I was going through some earlier and I found the uh, data of the East accolade in there. And I was like, okay. oh. I think, I think my copy of it's right back here on the shelves. Is it on the dartboard? Should be. <laughs> no, it's in the shower. <laughs> yes. Right next to the Irish spring folks. <laughs> All right. And I am at Foggy's Pal on Twitter and Instagram. And you can head over to wanderingsandwoolgathering.com for some more goodies. And um, you can find the podcast at SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and at rock985.com. So there is no excuse not to be listening to us. Make sure that you subscribe because you don't want to miss any of this goodness. I mean, where else can you hear guys ramble for an hour and 15? I don't know. <laughs> so until next time, we'll see you next week. Bye now.